What's up, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of Walk on Wisdom, um, where you guys send in your questions to me at podcast at michaelchandler.com. Connor and I, um, we uh, he kind of sets them all up and I go through them. I like to go through them uh, kind of blind without having seen them before so I can answer y'all's questions. So thank you guys so much for the love and the support that you guys have shown us on Apple iTunes and Spotify and here on YouTube if you're watching the video version. Share these um, with everybody if you feel like it would be uh, beneficial to them, if they would glean information from them. A lot of times we like to go deep. Um, I like to keep it away from mixed martial arts because I want to answer your deeper questions, more of mindset, heart, faith, family, fatherhood, those things. Uh, But today we're going to go into a lot of MMA and wrestling questions because we've had a lot um, that have come in. And it's time to start answering those. So this one's going to be a little bit more laid back, a little bit more uh, mixed martial arts heavy. So if you are interested, keep on listening. If not, we'll get you another one very soon. First question comes from Ned. Hey, Michael Chandler. Big love from Australia. My question is, as a fighter, you must unknowingly develop habits or patterns which your opponent can recognize when they watch previous fights of yours. For example, a fighter like Usman shaking left and right when being engaged. How do you how do you recognize your habits and break them without developing new ones? Thank you, Ned. Um, good question. So, man, the thing about mixed martial arts is obviously we all have we all have our own body mechanics habits, idiosyncrasies, tendencies that we have created over years and years and years. Obviously, the older older that you are, the more um, the more these habits are going to be harder to break. These different movements are going to be harder to change, but ultimately they can be changed. However, there's a fine line between saying, okay, hey, this these three habits right here need to be changed. And the other school of thought is, well, maybe these are just my attributes. Maybe these are just things about me that I'm not really going to be able to change. Therefore, I need to be ready for an opponent's attack if he is attacking me at the time. As you you, know, you brought up Usman shaking left and right when being engaged. Um, however, maybe that's just something that he's never actually going to be able to fix. Or maybe he would spend so much time trying to fix that, that he would actually be neglecting other parts of his game, if that makes sense. You know, me, I know I have certain things about me at this point in my career or later in my career because I started striking at 20-something years old. I knew head movement wasn't going to be a a great, I think a great, I wasn't going to have a great amount of success with a becoming extremely, having really, really great head movement. Like if you watch Canelo Alvarez, you watch some of these boxers, their head movement is just absolutely ridiculous. But if you watch my wrestling, my wrestling is absolutely ridiculous. If he's watching my wrestling, if Canelo wants to get better at wrestling right now, or if he started wrestling at 22, then I started boxing at 22. It's a little bit late to really start those really, really minute habits that become so subconscious that we don't even have to think about them. I digress, but I knew that, and I also knew that in mixed martial arts, you don't necessarily want to rely on moving your head because you're going to get hit with a four ounce glove. So keeping my hands up or learning to keep my hands up was, I was going to be a lot more prone to success than I would be trying to have head movement. So, um, 
how do you recognize your habits and break them without developing new ones? Man, you just get in the gym and you find your system that you're good at. You try to be brilliant with the basics. You try to not overcomplicate things. You try to, to not overemphasize one aspect of mixed martial arts, if that makes sense. Just try to be, you don't have to be 100% awesome and spectacular at every single aspect of mixed martial arts. You just have to be pretty darn good at all of them, being able to chain them all together and being able to just become a less thinking, more in the moment, more in the flow state mixed martial artist. And that can only happen with time in the gym. So um, if you have a couple bad habits that you know maybe you have lost fights before or you've lost sparring sessions before, then um, obviously those things need to be changed. There's been a couple times in my life that I knew I needed to get better at certain things. And then there was other times in my life where I thought I was getting better at something and it actually made me worse, if that makes sense. Ultimately, it's the mentality behind everything. So next question comes from Carlos. Would you do, do you think you would do a run in the, U, in the WWE? You'd be a good fit. Um, I have no... No plans of going into uh, WWE. I have uh, enjoyed my mixed martial arts career. I would love to maybe make a cameo here and there in WWE, but that life does not interest me. <laughs> um, those guys are on the road all the time, beating up their bodies. I know it's quote-unquote scripted, if you will, but those bumps that they take are real. Those jumps and those landings and those flips and those slams and all those things, those are real. So um, I have no... No intentions of WWE. However, I would love to do a cameo. So Vince, Vince McMahon, holler at me. Next one comes from Armin. Hey, Mike, huge fan of you inside and outside the cage, but today I have an inside the cage kind of question. I'm beginning to start my MMA career with wrestling experience and am now learning jujitsu and Muay Thai. I'm having a blast with jujitsu. I'm having a blast with jujitsu but don't feel as confident yet with my striking. As a former wrestler who transitioned to MMA, what striking style did you learn coming out of wrestling and how, did, how long did it take you to really feel confident with your striking abilities? Thanks for taking the time to read my and answer my questions. See you at the top and God bless. Armin, so when I first started mixed martial arts, I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. I trained under a really great pure boxing coach named Gil Martinez. And I think it was perfect for me because... What happens is you go from wrestling and you think you need to learn all these striking techniques. You know, BJJ is going to be somewhat, it's not going to be easy. You got to look out for the triangles and the arm bars and all these different sweeps that jujitsu guys do. But for the most part, your ability to control your hips and have the body awareness of knowing where your body is at on the mat in a grappling wrestling BJJ scenario, you know, you're going to be ahead of the curve, but you're way behind the curve when it comes to striking, you know, right? That's what I thought. So for me, if I would have came in and, and I had a kickboxing coach, a Muay Thai coach, a boxing coach, had three different coaches, had three different disciplines I was trying to do, maybe a karate guy, karate stance or whatever, you can start to get a little bit too, I don't want to say big for your britches, but you look at mixed martial arts like it needs to be this huge plethora Swiss army knife of techniques. But if you really watch the best among us, if you really watch the UFC champions, if you really watch the number one pound for pound guys in the world, those guys are very brilliant with the basics, a jab, a straight, a hook, an uppercut, some leg kicks. 
if you really boil it down to what is the most successful in this sport, being brilliant with the basics. So if I had to give you advice, I would say start with boxing. Just boil it down to the hands first instead of trying to think hands and feet punches and kicks and knees and elbows start with boxing i'd say start with boxing a pure boxing coach class just throw hands get a couple months under your belt where you really feel confident you're starting to move you're starting to flow the feet are moving with the hands the hands are moving with the feet the footwork the angles the head movement the covering up the defense and the offense the moving forward the moving back the moving lateral left and right focus just on boxing and then start introducing the kicks because I think ultimately you watch 95% of wins at the highest level are punches. Maybe a knee here and there. Obviously, you got a head kick knockout here and there. Those are awesome. Those are spectacular. Spinning stuff barely ever works. Elbows and knees land at less percentage than do your punches and your kicks. So start with boxing, build a foundation there, and then start moving into kickboxing. From, oh, there's a, uh, there's a E, E, Sa, We, Isa, We. Uh, thank you, Connor. Or maybe that was him. I don't know if he, uh, he, he, he put it in there. He put in the pronunciation. So from E, Sa, We. Hello, Michael. I'm a, I've been following your Instagram for a while now, and there's something that I have always liked about your posts, the long, usually motivational captions. I've always liked that I've what I've read and luckily found your podcast. My perception of you from watching your wars in the octagon and following you on social media is that you are someone who is always motivated and hungry. My question to you is, how do you wake up every day choosing to put your body and mind through whatever is required to compete at a high level? Are you constantly having having to motivate yourself? Is it something that just that just makes you who you are like a second nature, muscle memory sort of deal. And how do you overcome the human urge to not give your 100, your 100 every single time? Would love to hear how you fight that person within. P.S. Also, if I get an answer, would love a shout out. LOL. My name is Isawi. <laughs> well, Isawi, I love that you have a... a uh, a unique name and you even gave in the pronunciation. So Isa, we, um, I appreciate the question and I appreciate you. I appreciate you, uh, acknowledging that yes, some of my captions are very long and every time without fail, when I sit down and I write something really nice and I want it to be deep, I want it to be, I want it to be penetrating. I want it to be, I want to make you feel something without fail every single time someone's like, I ain't reading this book. You read, you wrote too much. You're trying too hard, blah, 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 blah. But it's just who I am. It's how I like to do things. And it's how I like to bring value to people. Cause my social medias aren't about me flexing on camera and showing how cool I am. My, my social media platforms are to bring you value value. So thank you for the, for honoring me in that. Um, and then also when it comes to, you know, your percep perception of watching me inside the cage, inside the octagon, on my social medias, how hard I train. Yes, I am a very motivated individual, but <clears throat> I'm not motivated every single day. I think I have found my why, I have found my purpose, and I also attach my, my why to what I am doing. And I also attach my why to my why. My why is competing at a high level, showing people what, is, what, is, what I am capable of, 
and then in turn, hopefully unlocking the keys and unlocking the doors and unlocking the chains inside y'all's mind and inside y'all's bodies and abilities to say, hey, if this little guy from this little town who was taught to do little things, who was taught to do little things, who always thought he was going to do little things, somehow kept on scraping and clawing and working to this big thing that I've created, somehow I stand here on this pretty big platform with financially secure life that I have, the amazing wife, the kids, the secure, happy, peaceful, joyful life that I live. If I can do it, you guys can do it. If I can get to where I'm at, complete joy, peace, and contentment. It's not always perfect. It's not always sunshine and rainbows, but as a whole, my life is pretty darn awesome. And I am happy. My God loves me. My family loves me. And most importantly, I love me. Um, and I love my life. So the question is, are you constantly having to motivate yourself? Is there something that you just wakes you up or that makes you who you are like it's second nature or is it a muscle memory sort of deal? And how do you overcome the urge to not give you hundred percent every single time? And I, you guys have heard me say this before for me, not to give my best, not to give my hundred percent, not to fully pour myself into every aspect of my life is to sacrifice the gifts that I've been given. My physical gifts that the good Lord above has given me, yes, I have increased them. Yes, I have cultivated them more and more and more. But ultimately, I've obviously been given some very God-given abilities and gifts. And I don't think, I think I'm operating with humility to admit that. Too often times we don't admit that we are blessed and been given a lot of great gifts. I've been given some great gifts, but it was up to me to cultivate them and turn them into who I am today. So it always goes back to, if I don't give 100% of myself to every single endeavor that I have, I really am sacrificing those gifts, those physical gifts, as well as the gifts Mike and Betty Chandler, my mom and dad, who worked two and three jobs to make sure myself and my, my brothers were taken care of and put in the best possible scenario to be successful. It's a slap in the face to them. It's sacrificing the gifts that they have, that they have given me. Um, and then ultimately, this amazing life that God has blessed me with not just the physical accolades and the, the, um, the sports and athletic accolades, but the life that I have, the wife that I have, the kids that I have, the house that I have, the platform that I have. So it's easy for me to wake up every single morning because I'm operating in gratitude. I'm so thankful for everything that I have. And I've gone through times in my life where I thought everything was going to be taken away from me. We are prone to wander as human beings. We are prone to be scared or fearful or worried or anxious at times <clears throat> that things can be ripped. The rug can be ripped out from underneath us that we can, it can all be taken away from us. And I think there's a healthy amount of fear of that happening that we maybe should have. So we don't get too complacent that we don't get too comfortable. We're constantly striving. So a, operating gratitude that I've been blessed and been given so many gifts and me not giving myself the permission to be the best and me not pouring 100% of myself into every endeavor is sacrificing the gifts I've been given. And I have such a great crowd of witnesses. I have so many people who have looked up to me, who are looking to me and who are looking out for me and looking after me, as well as the most important eyeballs that are right here between the four walls of my home, my wife, my two sons, and going back to my upbringing, my mom and dad who sacrificed everything to make sure me and my brothers were taken care of. So operating gratitude and then realize that you are capable of so much more than you actually think that you are. Start visualizing and writing down 
who you want to be, what you want to do, and what you want to have. Start having big, crazy, audacious dreams, audacious dreams for yourself. Things that seem unrealistic, things that seem unattainable, things that scare you, things that intimidate you, things that make you feel like an absolute fool and a fake and a phony by even think that you can't accomplish them. Those are the kind of things that you need to be start thinking about, dreaming about, meditating on, praying over, visualizing. And then it'll start to open up your mind to the more and more possibility. Instead of having a scarcity mindset, it'll give you more abundance in your mindset. Gratitude the blessings that you have, being grateful for them, and then start to visualize more and more and more. And that's how you continue to silence the critics on the outside and most importantly, the critic on the inside of your mind by unlocking your potential by seeing it first. Great question though. Another shout out to E Sa We. So Next question comes from Lucas. Hey, Michael, I am 15 with the dream of becoming a professional fighter such as yourself. And I was wondering if you had any tips or tricks for me to achieve that dream. Well, Lucas, I don't know where you're at, where you're from, what you're doing, but you're 15 years old. Um, if you're in the United States, you were in high school. Um, so you're in school still, would still have two, three years left of, of high school before you graduate. Um, if your team has a wrestling team, I would join it right, right now today as we speak. If they don't have a team, you can find a wrestling club. If there are no wrestling clubs, I would find a mixed martial arts gym that has a wrestling program as well as start getting in the gym, start building, start building skills. Don't do any sparring. You don't need to be sparring at 15 years old. You don't need to be taking hits to the head when you're 15 years old. Get on a bag, do bag work, get in the grappling practices, get in the wrestling practices, find a good, find a good coach who can hold some mitts for you. Start with very basic boxing, basic kickboxing, movement, athleticism, 15 years old. I'm not going to tell you whether you, whether you should or should not be lifting weights. Um, but you are right on that cusp. I think of a time there where it's time to start adding some muscle. It's time to start becoming a better athlete, run, run fast, jump high, jump far, be athletic, start creating athletic abilities within yourself. Um, you're 15 year old, years old with the dream of becoming a professional fighter. Start now with the visualization of where you want to go, what organization you want to be in, what you will look like when you step inside of the cage, what you will feel like, the attributes that you will have, the things that you will accomplish the crowd of witnesses that you will have, the platform that you will have, the success that you will have, as well as the failures and the setbacks that you will have, and then overcoming said failures and setbacks. Start visualizing all of those things. But Lucas, if you can start wrestling, wrestle now, wrestle early, and wrestle often. Good question though. Next question comes from G. Briel. Hey, Mike, my name is Gbriel. I am currently a sophomore and a high school wrestler. I've been wrestling for most of my life, but I, all, but I am always looking for ways to improve and get better. My question is, what were the practices that helped you progress the most during your high school wrestling career? Some people I've talked to put a big emphasis on lifting, while others put emphasis on drilling, while others mentioned consistently competing in the offseason to, to be the most valuable. Also, these walk-on wisdom episodes I have found to be very enjoyable and beneficial, and I hope that you keep doing them. Best of luck with everything. See you at the top. Gbriel, number one, just as I just talked to Lucas about, wrestling, to me, is the best base 
for mixed martial arts or even life in general, not just the physical attributes that you are creating and cultivating, but the mental, the spiritual, the mindset attributes that you are building right now as we speak. Becoming a better human being, happier, healthier, and harder to kill human being because of the sport of wrestling. So what are the practices that helped you progress the most in high school? Well, most importantly, you should be, if wrestling is your number one sport and the sport that you are pursuing the most and you will have the most success at, or at least your assessment is you will have, be the most successful at it, you should be wrestling year-round. You talked about some people put an emphasis on lifting, some people put an emphasis on drilling, while others mentioned competing in the off-season to be most valuable. Wrestling in the off-season is the most valuable thing that you can possibly do. Being a part of a wrestling club in the off season. I don't care if it's with a competing high school, your arch enemies, your arch nemesis during the season. I don't care if those kids are there, go wrestle with them, go wrestle against them, compete against them in the practice room, put on that freestyle singlet, wrestle all summer, be in the wrestling room every single day of the entire year. You're young. Your body is not going to break down. You can train as many hours as you want the only thing holding you back from doing that is the is the story that you're telling yourself or the limitations that you have on yourself. Obviously, Gabriel, you are a sophomore, so you most likely of driving age. I don't know if you have a vehicle. I don't know if you have your own means of transportation. I don't know if you have the support of your family who will take you to all of these practices. That's always an obstacle that people will have. But my advice to you is, yes, you're a sophomore. I would start lifting a little bit of weights. It's important. I would say putting an emphasis on drilling is extremely important. Drilling something a thousand times every single day. Drilling the three, four, five, six positions that you need to finish your most high probability takedowns. Three, four, five positions on bottom, making sure you can get out on bottom. The biggest thing for you, Gabriel, obviously, if you came here, sent in your question, you are putting a large emphasis on wrestling. I would imagine you might even want to wrestle in college. Maybe you want to wrestle at Mizzou, the greatest wrestling school in the entire world. Shout out to Mizzou Tigers. Maybe you want to go to college and wrestle. You have to focus on top and bottom wrestling. Being able to get out on bottom, being brilliant with the basics, elbows in, knee slide underneath you, grab the fingers, get out get back to your takedowns, being able to hold somebody down, tight waist, chop, throw the legs in, being able to ride, being able to ride guys an entire period so you can get that riding time in college. Those are the two positions, the the one position or the the one position, top and bottom, that was the most important thing for me when I came to college. I was so far behind. I had to work so hard to catch up because in high school we just focus on the takedowns. We want to get a takedown, let them up, takedown, let them up. You got to be able to ride. Got to be able to ride and ride effectively. Um, but the most important thing that you brought up, Gabriel, is wrestling in the off season. Wrestle all year long. Take a little bit of time off here and there. Take a week off, two weeks off if you need to. Go on vacation. Go on spring break with your families. Do that. Do these things. But in general, be in season all year long. If you think that you can come into high school wrestling and wrestle from, what is it, September, October, whenever it starts, September. If you think you can wrestle from September to February, state championships are in February. You think you can wrestle three, four months a year and be successful, you're just not going to. You're going to get passed up every single day. You're getting passed up by some kid in some other state somewhere else in some wrestling club wrestling all summer. And that goes for everybody in every sport. Football, you should be playing it all year long. 
Baseball, you should be playing all year long. Soccer, all year long. Every single sport, you should be practicing that sport all year long, every single day. <clears throat> Especially in the in the off seasons, because that's when you really make your biggest gains. So I hope that helps. And yes, I will keep on doing these walk-on wisdom episodes because they are awesome. We have about a hundred questions in the queue right now. So I got a lot of episodes coming. So keep them coming. Podcast at michaelchandler.com. Next question comes from Joel. Hey, Michael, my name is Joel, and I'm a big fan from New Zealand here. Firstly, thank you for this podcast. I always take a lot of helpful information away from it. I recently tore my ACL and have just had surgery to get it reconstructed. Up until my surgery, I was super motivated and loving loving going to the gym and training really hard. Since the surgery, I'm struggling to find a lot of exercises to do to keep in shape and build and build myself up. Do you have any suggestions or motivation to help out? Good luck on tough and keep doing what you're doing. See you at the top, Joel. Well, Joel, thank you so much for sending in your question from New Zealand. Gosh, darn it, a ACL is a it's a tough injury. It's a long injury, but Number one, not to downplay it, not to, not to uh, act like what you're going through isn't a tough situation. Just do a little bit of research on all the people who have had this injury, torn their ACL, and come back and done amazing things and come back even better, stronger, more athletic, more dangerous than they were before the surgery. Number one, put that into your pocket. Put that put that into your pocket, put that into your, into your, uh, your heart to, to really meditate on. I think about George St. Pierre. I think about Tyron Woodley, who's a friend of mine. I think about so many people have come back from ACL surgeries and been completely fine. So number one, have the confident expectancy that you're going to go through the rehab. You're going to go through the recovery process. and You're going to come back better than you were before. As far as actual tangible things to do, I mean, you're talking about hobbling around on a leg. Um, you're talking about being very ginger with your movement. You're not going to do a lot of explosive stuff for however many months. Um, so get it in where you can upper body, um, focusing on the shoulders, the chest, the back, a lot of pulls, pulls and pushes, pulls and pushes, building up the back muscles, building up the arm, the arm and chest and explosive forward movement muscles. Um, <clears throat> not a lot of twisting, obviously, because the knee, um, but really just do something every single day that is upper body that you're able to say, Hey, today's workout wasn't perfect. Cause I wasn't able to do a full body workout, but it was successful because I got stronger in the upper body. I got stronger in the chest, got stronger in the back, arm, shoulders, whatever it may be. And then as far as kind of motivation, man, as I said, in these times of, in these times of forced rest you're forced to rest you're forced to not be able to do what you want to do not be able to be as mobile as you want to not make your your workouts full body in this time of forced rest really do some recalibrating and some really thinking getting in your journal writing down what you want to be do and have when you do become healthy take this time to motivate yourself to say okay what are the three four five things that i miss the most about life with two capable legs when you're wearing the brace or you just had the surgery or doctors saying, hey, you can't go full on, you can't start running, you can't start cutting, you can't start doing all these things until X amount day in the future, what are the five, five things that you miss the most? Write those things down and say, hey, as soon as I get cleared by the doctor, I'm going to make sure that I do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, two, three, four times a week because sometimes 
Absence makes the heart grow fonder. You forgot how much you liked riding a bike because you can't do it. Or you forgot how much you loved running around and playing ultimate frisbee or football with the guys. You forgot how much you loved trail running. You forgot how much you loved doing squats. Remember those 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 squat days, those lower body days that you absolutely dreaded and hated and you probably skipped a couple reps because you didn't want to do them all. Now all of a sudden those squats seem a little bit more uh seem a little bit more fun, don't they? They seem a little bit more desirable because you're not able to do them. So think about the things that you're missing out on, write those things down and do those things, make a commitment to doing those things because absence hopefully has made the heart grow fonder in a lot of ways. So my, uh, my prayers are up for you, Joel. Um, blessings to you out there in New Zealand. I hope you come back from this ACL surgery much better than you ever were. Um, and um, I appreciate you. Next one comes from Jacob. Hey, Mike, I've loved watching you fight for a while because you have similar build because we have similar builds in the same height slash weight. So, you know, you kind of give me an example of how to fight without as much length as some of the other guys in your weight class. You also just have some electrifying fights. And I think you're, you're, you're as fun to watch as anyone in the sport. So I really appreciate having this opportunity to ask you some questions. I want to compete in mixed martial arts, but I got a late start at it. I started training BJJ at 21 and wrestling and kickboxing at 23. I'm 24 now. What advice do you have for someone who wants to fight, but started late? I'm interested in what your train, what your training looks like between strength training, running, BJJ, kickboxing, wrestling, and yoga. I'm trying to prioritize what my gym program should look like. How many days per week should I be doing each one? Thanks again for the opportunity to ask you some questions, Jacob. Well, Jacob, um, if you and I are very similar builds, obviously I was a wrestler for many, many years. You started wrestling at 23. Um, I would really start focusing on the wrestling aspect of things because <clears throat> no matter how good you get with the hands, no matter how sharp your hands are, your, your, your boxing and your kickboxing, obviously you started with BJJ, trained that for two years and then started doing wrestling and kickboxing. So sounds like BJJ or grappling might be your strong suit. I would really focus on cage wrestling, both offense and defense. I'd really focus on never being held down. I think too often times in mixed martial arts, we train the moves, the quote unquote moves of BJJ and say, well, okay, I'm going to do this sweeper. I'm going to do this arm bar. I'm going to do this triangle choke or this movement instead of thinking about just getting out. I was just coaching the ultimate fighter and we had a very short amount of time to train these guys. And I said, Hey guys, these fights will be won and lost based on how stingy we are in two positions. Number one, if you do get taken down and number two, if you get pushed up against the fence, never being held up against the fence being, getting out being stingy, not giving a guy an inch, whether he takes you down, I need you to move, move, move. I don't need you to think about moves. I just need you to move. Let me repeat that. I, and that's what I told my guys on, on tough. I said, I don't need you to focus on moves. I need you to just move. Getting out on bottom has so much less to do with actual moves and techniques and more than it, more of the mentality that you have when you tell yourself that you're going to get out. Tell yourself that nobody can hold you down, elbows in, grab hand control and get out. That's it. Um, so as far as my training goes, I focus a lot on making sure I am in the best shape I possibly can be when I really start a training camp. I really start my training camp eight, nine weeks out, but I've already laid the foundation of getting in good shape about 12 weeks out. So I'm already training two, three, four hard weeks of getting in peak shape 
so that when I start my training camp, I don't have to focus on getting in shape. I'm already in shape and I can just focus on technique. So um, I like to do a decent amount of running and biking. I really do enjoy my watt bike a lot. I, I do a lot of um, watt bikes, 45 minutes, pretty decent pace. Um, as far as MMA training and stuff goes, I train MMA every, uh, every morning when I'm in camp, team training in the morning. And then in the evening times, I do more uh, individual stuff where I work on just boxing, kickboxing with Henry Hooft or Jason Stroud, my coaches. Um, I don't do a lot of yoga. I am on my roller every single day. Um, Jacob, you're 24 years old. Your body is probably still in a pretty darn good shape, uh, injury wise, scar tissue wise, but definitely start early, get on your roller every day, get body work massage. If you can, I do like the idea of yoga just cause I don't do a lot of yoga. doesn't mean you shouldn't. I like flexible. I like to be flexible, um, and flexible in specific areas. So, um, and also, Jacob, if you want to try out my uh, my fitness programs when it comes to strength and conditioning, I have a six-week training program that's full body. Um, a guy like yourself would probably thrive in that for sure. It's with my coach, Jeremy Holt, here in Nashville. We have a six-week full body program, train like an athlete program. Then we have a four-week upper body, four-week lower body. And a lot of stuff that I do is, is tailored towards, in that program, especially the six-week program, tailored towards being explosive, being athletic, athletic movements. Um, and then our four-week upper body and lower body. <clears throat> lower body programs have a lot, um, a lot of just very basic movements to build muscle mass. So you can check that out at walkonfit.com and then also walk on fitness on Instagram. But the hard thing about the journey really is figuring out how much emphasis to put on each discipline. If you started with BJJ and then you got into wrestling and kickboxing uh, a little bit later, I would definitely find what you find what you're best at and cultivate that more than you put an emphasis on your weaknesses. And I don't say that, uh, maybe that sounds ignorant to, to some people, but I think if we focus too much on our weaknesses, your weaknesses are going to get better no matter what. You don't need to spend all of your time focused on your weaknesses. Focus, focus on what, what makes you feel the most alive, what makes you feel the most dangerous, what makes you feel the most athletic and the most, the most dominant. Um, because then you will increase your confidence, increase your self-belief, and increase your abilities to be able to go out there and win fights, win sparring sessions, win in the gym. So I hope that helps. Um, that's another episode. This one was obviously very mixed martial arts and wrestling heavy. We'll keep on kind of stair-stepping and, and uh, switching up the themes here and there. Um, Send in your MMA questions, send in also your deeper questions, your mindset questions, your motivation questions, all those different things. Send them in a podcast at michaelchandler.com. And uh, I really appreciate the response that y'all have given thus far. Uh, as I said, we have a hundred or so more questions to answer. That's another eight, nine, 10 episodes, I'm sure. By the time this episode comes out, we'll have more. So this is fun. Um, having a blast with you guys. Thank you guys so much for the kind words. Thank you for taking an interest in me and believing in me and believing what I'm saying. As I said, I'm an expert in absolutely nothing, um, but I am a guy who's got a little bit of wisdom here and there, a little bit of walk-on wisdom. Small guy from a small town who was taught to do small things, somehow ended up here doing all this big stuff with a lot of big platforms and a lot of, a lot of eyeballs. So I appreciate you guys so much for this opportunity to uh, impart some wisdom. Keep them coming podcast at michaelchandler.com. And uh, if you found value in this, like, share, subscribe. Um, 
We're on YouTube as well as Spotify and Apple iTunes and all over the place. So appreciate you guys. God bless. I'll see you at the top.